Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com decision day that anything could be done to try to, I guess, go in the other direction. <sighs> no, I'm no thanks. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, Married at First Sight Edition. We're finally here. We're finally at the quarantine portion of Married at First Sight. So for those of you who don't watch, here's basically what's happening. And this might include like slight spoilers because the things that I'm about to say are weren't expressly admitted on the show. It's part things that I've researched in part information that they gave on the show. I don't think it's terribly spoilery, but if you don't want to be spoiled at all, I would fast forward hmm, 30 seconds, we'll say. Starting now. Okay, so here's the deal. Apparently, fortunately, we're only going to have to be dealing with the pandemic for this episode and the next half of an episode next week. There are, I believe, not include, no, including this episode, four episodes left. No. (laughs) I never get that part right. They're good. I believe there are going to be four episodes left after this episode. So, um, what happened is that they basically, once New Orleans shut down, everybody had to stay in the apartments. They continued filming, self-filming. Production was not there. And the experiment went on for, I believe, about a month longer than it should have. So they didn't have the traditional eight weeks of marriage. Pretty sure it was like a 12, it went to a 12 or 13 week experiment. Okay. So as of now, as of this episode, you know, New Orleans is shut down production shut down. We see montages of everybody and how it's, they're kind of dealing with it. Miles is no longer allowed on the property of the school that he teaches at. One of Brett's co-workers has it. Several of the cast members work in the medical field. Olivia, of course, is a nurse. Henry and Karen both work, I believe, kind of on the administrative side of healthcare and in the hospital. I forgot to mention, y'all, um, I don't watch the after show, but I did hear from a few of you that Henry and Karen both knew each other and had both worked in the same department as each other, 
um, in their field of business. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it seems like this place is very much small town. Like, what are our connections in within the cast? Uh, Miles and Woody are friends. I believe they both work at the same school. Karen and Henry are, were essentially co-workers. They work in the same field. Bennett and Amelia had met each other. I think that's it. But a smaller universe than I can recall having been had on other seasons of Married at First Sight. Maybe they just didn't mention how people may have known each other. But there seemed to be like little be like, oh, my friend knew the person that you're married to. Or we have like kind of vaguely mutual friends. But not quite like this season. So... They go into lockdown on day 33 of their marriage. So this would have been, gosh, a couple days after the anniversary and a few weeks out from decision day or what would have been decision day. Production saying we have no idea how long decision day will be delayed. Blah, blah, blah. I'm... I don't really know what the timeline is of of New Orleans completely shutting down to starting to open back up. So I'm curious to see how the show deals with that. But from what we see on this episode, it was like, we get like, oh, two weeks into lockdown, six weeks into lockdown. We It's a very fast experiment. And I find that actually really surprising like, I understand that they didn't really have anything to do, but I guess I just thought it would be a little bit juicier given that these people are stuck and most of them don't like each other. <laughs> but the episode was very interesting. I thought very compelling. I just am surprised that we didn't see more of it. So let's get into the episode. Basically, we break it down into two parts. We got kind of like a flash of what life is like when they first shut down and little flashes of what happened throughout that, like what, six weeks or whatever. And then we get the second part, which is the bit larger part really of them, um, having the conversations. The women had the conversations with Dr. Pepper. The men had the conversations with Pastor Cal and then the couples join, talk about what they spoke about with the experts and kind of figure it out or not, depending on how good their relationship are. So start off with Amelia and Bennett. Amelia cut her hair and says, we've been learning so much about each other and getting closer. We see clips of Amelia unicycling throughout the apartment. And you know what? I mean, I have no comment on that because... But as much as I shaded them for, like, really moving into that apartment, clearly it was a smart move. Because they were stuck there far longer than they expected to be. <sighs> Amelia then tells us that Bennett gave her a little bit of information. Which is that he is so invested in our environment and... Um, not being wasteful that he told her that he only wipes after he number twos with a single square of toilet paper, one square of toilet paper, one. <sighs> How? How? Why? You know, listen, I'm all for conservation and taking care of the environment in the ways that we can. A little bit goes a long way. However, I, I can't even talk about it. It's so vile. <laughs> it's so beyond my realm of comprehension I don't even I can't even I gotta move on you I it's so gross that is beyond 
he better be using the thickest toilet paper that is on the market. Something tells me he's probably a Scott Tissue Man, which really amps up how disgusting that is for me. I, ugh, ugh. I thought the carrot, the night dress that he wears was unattractive. Boy, if I could go back to those days. Don't know what you got till it's wiping itself with a single square of toilet paper. Anyway, they go do face masks with each other. Amelia gets a little beep on her phone and she realizes that she had gotten matched and placed with a uh, school that she's going to do a residency in. What do you know? It is in Richmond, Virginia. So, in fact, she will be having to move out of the city. We get to Woody and Imani. Imani, they're in bed. We get a lot of footage of them in bed, a lot of them having breakfast. And I don't hate it. So I don't even know why I'm mentioning it because I, I really don't hate it. But we see them in bed. Imani is filming them. Woody is snoring like you wouldn't believe. And I got flashbacks of last season with Brandon. Remember when, I can't remember her name, but she was filming him sleeping and he got so mad and felt like she was violating his privacy (laughs) and then he wouldn't talk to her all day. Is that the same day that he was like ignoring her at the bar? Is that the day that they got, that they were leaving their honeymoon? And he, like, cursed out all the cast and production on that van. Maybe this was a different issue. But regardless, he did, like, feel some type of way about her recording him sleeping. And it was not in, like, a creepy way. He got so... Oh, Brandon, he's so strange. So strange. So then later, Imani flips a script and decides to make them breakfast. Usually that's Woody's task from what we typically see and she is taking this day to tell him that she loves him she has gotten him gifts to appeal to all his five senses we don't see her tell him but we see the aftermath of his like smitten little kitten and he's like oh she said she loved the kid like he's so happy so thrilled Amani says it's strange and scary to love Woody but it's because it's so soon, but you know, like she's totally into it. And then we see a screen that pops up that says two weeks later, (laughs) we learn that Imani asked to go through Woody's DMs to see the hose as she puts it. And he gets a little bit cagey, which sets her off. She says something along the lines of like, don't think that you've been perfect in this marriage. Basically, she felt like, well, we can get into this later. We can get into this later. Let's move on to Henry and Christina. Christina, because she works for the airline, I guess that is completely shut down. She says she's trying to fill her days. We see her cleaning and cooking. And Henry is working at the ICU, so he is very busy. Henry says that they have been spending more time together and that Christina's really uh, concerned about her job and her family. And then we see it was Henry's birthday, his 35th birthday. He got a cake delivered from one of his friends. I imagine it was probably Kristen. He said his phone has been blowing up all day with like well wishes and happy birthdays from his friends and family and colleagues. And he says, you know, Christina forgot my birthday. And while I do find that to be, you know, understandable, I'm fine with it, but however, I know that if the roles were reversed, probably wouldn't be getting the same reaction that I'm giving her. And I have to agree with you, Henry. Henry's so checked out of this relationship. (laughs) Poor guy. He is so over her. So then we see a clip of her leaving one day saying that she's going on a walk. This is where I'm a little bit confused. I feel like production kind of flubbed here. So I would encourage you to listen closely to what I say because it's going to come up later. So 
she leaves one day and Henry said she went for a walk and that lasted until three o'clock in the morning. She, he tried to text her. She left him on red. He, I guess, reached out to the other wives to see what was going on and that they saw, I'm assuming that she used like an Instagram close friends feature for this and he's not included. They saw that she had been out with friends. Seemed like he did not see that information, but they did. So, moving on to Karen and Miles. <laughs> Miles, we start off with him. He's like, welcome to the Real Housewives of New Orleans. He's, you know, not working. Or, I shouldn't say that. He's working from home. And much like Henry, you know, She's managing the ICU, so this is a lot of stressful work for her. She says, you know, Miles says that he's really bored, and I'm just concerned if maybe this is, like, the depression creeping up. But honestly, like, I'm exhausted physically, emotionally, mentally, and I can't really give him the attention that I would like to, and it's making things a lot more tense for us. Miles says that, like, he gets what she's going through, you know, as much as he can, but he doesn't feel wanted by her at all. And she hasn't expressed in any way a desire to continue and stay in this relationship and try to make it work. <sighs> finally, finally, we're seeing Miles open up. I think uh, this episode really highlighted, I think, my issue with Karen. And Dr. Pepper gets into it, so maybe we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, next we get Brett and Olivia, the flop couple. Because she's a nurse, obviously she's at the hospital every day. And Brett says he's making his, spending his time making quesadillas. He's made quesadillas for about 20 different people. <sighs> okay, great. Great use for you. Brett says that he's found a pet peeve. Which is, they've been watching a lot of movies lately, but, says, you know, when I am trying to introduce somebody to a movie that I really like, and then we see footage of her texting, it's like, I just feel like I'm trying to open up to her in a small way, and she's not invested in it at all. She's just sitting on her phone. Fair. Fair. So then we see him get up and walk to the bedroom. Another man that is completely checked out. Nothing has changed in terms of their physical intimacy and he's upset because she hasn't tried to come over to his house at all and trying to figure out what they should be doing in terms of her moving in. He thinks that she is not invested in making this relationship work. Olivia feels like nothing has changed and she tells a story that was kind of like, I don't know, girl, but basically she went to go visit her family. I'm not sure where they live, but it seems like not in New Orleans, a fair amount of distance away. She went to go visit his family (laughs) and her family rather. And while she was gone, Brett took the opportunity to move out around the time of what would have been decision day. So this is like a month into lockdown, right? So he basically said something like, well, you know, I just feel like, what am I sitting here waiting for? We're at decision day and my decision would have been no. So ciao. (laughs) See you later. He, she comes back, she realizes that he took all of his stuff, all the food out of the pantry, left her with nothing but her cats and memories of his nostrils. And she's like, you know, I invited him to come to my mom's house to like hang out with the family, but he said like he was going to take that time to, no, that he... He told her that he, somebody had to stay to take care of the cats. So he what? Moved his cat out and left her cats alone? Is this what we're saying? I don't know. So now we're at the couple individual, rather, meetups with Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal. 
we start off with Olivia and Brett. And Olivia tells Dr. Pepper that really nothing has changed. There's no communication between them, which means everything basically gets swept under the rug and nothing ever gets resolved. They had a conversation about COVID, but she's kind of like, Olivia is a woman of contradictions, right? She says one thing that makes total sense. And then she does other things that are confusing to me. So she says, you know, rightfully, I deal with COVID all day long. I'm on the front lines as a nurse. When I get home, he's sitting there watching TV, watching the news about this. And I just like, I want to go home and I don't want to have to talk about this stuff. But then she also kind of hints at the fact that like, he's maybe not taking it very seriously, which is confusing to me. I don't know. Brett then says like, he was upset about Olivia leaving and she feels, she feels like he didn't communicate with her that he was upset about her going to see her mom. And she thinks that like, he's always blaming everybody else and he's blaming me. He's blaming production, everybody under the sun. Olivia says she didn't give up on this marriage until he moved out. And then we see her calling him after she realized that he took all the shit and she says I thought we were just of the understanding that you were going to be taking some of your stuff back home but not that you were going to completely move out you left nothing except for the coffee pot and the trash can Brett's response is oh I forgot the coffee pot (laughs) trash trash now Lindsay brought a great point of like, maybe he moved out because she's a nurse and she is constantly being exposed to the virus and maybe he was just taking safety precautions and that's true to a point, but it's mostly, I think he's using that as an excuse. So gosh, but Dr. Pepper asked her like, is there anything that she did? And she says, you know, I was initially attracted to him. But it kind of like faded and, you know, maybe I wasn't giving him what he wanted, but he wasn't giving me anything of what he wanted either. Like he was not trying. And then Olivia says she doesn't know if she's ready to give up. So Dr. Pepper says, well, why don't you just have like a one-on-one talk with him, try and smooth things out, figure out how you can move forward. So then we get to Brett talking to Pastor Cal and Brett says, you know, that the reason why he moved, he's give he gives like three different reasons as to why he moved out. One, he said that there were incidents between his cat and her cats. They were getting into fights and that he told her that he was going to move his cat back to his house. And he thought that she knew that he was also going to be moving, but she didn't. Now that is strange to me I don't I don't understand it seems like the cats are picking up on the vibes of their parents (laughs) and they're getting physical they're like a physical manifestation of what of their parents relationship Mm, I don't know uh so he then says that like the way she reacted to realizing that he moved out was like a red flag to him like what did you think her reaction was going to be how does one properly react to coming home and finding out that their partner has moved all their shit out probably not well bitch probably not great um i noticed that he stopped wearing his ring he's totally done totally totally done so pastor cal says you know like there was a lot of compromise pastor cal asked like what is there any way that they can get on the right path? And he says, there's a lot of compromise that would have to happen. And I feel like I'm compromising a lot and that she isn't. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So then Patrick Hall asked about, like, intimacy... And he's like, yeah, nothing's really happening around week five. We kind of both friend zoned each other. And Pastor Kyle's like, well, okay, is there any way that at this point you would say yes to her on decision day? And he's basically like, no, no, not really. (laughs) So it's time for their one-on-one talk with each other. And Olivia says, honestly, I think he's just going to deflect from the situation. I'm not going into this very hopeful and she brings up the kids she seems to be in the impression probably because of things that we haven't seen yet that or not yet but haven't seen continued to be talked about that the kids issue between them was a bigger deal breaker than like everything else that has gone wrong in their relationship she she goes starts off by saying, you know, I just want you to know that like I didn't completely say no to having children. I just have a lot of things that I want to do before I get to that point, and I don't want to ever look back and regret not doing certain things or traveling places or having these experiences before I have children. And he says, "Well, I'm a hundred percent sure about how I feel, and that's really all that matters." So. <laughs> Olivia then asks, like, if there's anything we can do to, like, swing this in the other direction. And he's like, uh, no, I don't think so. No, thank you. (laughs) He basically responded in a way that, like, if you're at a party and somebody asks if you want, like, a past app. Like, you want a shrimp boat? Like, nah, I'm good. Nah. No, thank you. So, (laughs) I guess that's the end of Brett and Olivia. And you know what? Thank God for that. All right, I'm going to do Amelia and Bennett next because we all know where this is going, right? Smooth sailing, calm waters as far as the eye can see. So Amelia goes first to talk to Dr. Pepper and she says, you know, obviously with the pandemic, this is the most intense way to get to know somebody. But Bennett is, you know, kind of my whole world right now because I'm not allowed to see my friends, but I'm enjoying him. She's been volunteering at a homeless shelter and she, you know, finds out very fulfilling and she's really grateful that when she comes home, Bennett puts down his book or whatever he's doing to like ask her how her day is, be really attentive and caring and all of those great buzzwords, right? And they have had a couple of, not intense, I should say, but like important relationship discussions we all know that she said you know she really wanted to have kids and she kind of wants them sooner rather than later she wants them a lot sooner than he is she's kind of on the like this year or next year train and he's on the five years from now train and you know she they're also not really in sync about moving to richmond together and Dr. Pepper says, you know, Amelia, you're like a really agreeable person, but if this is an important thing to you, you need to speak up and you need to tell him what it is that you need from this. So then Bennett sits down with Pastor Cal and he says, you know, outside of the inevitable moments of, you know, maybe we're stepping on each other's toes a little bit because we're stuck in this place. Honestly, it's been pretty great. I don't really have a bad thing to say. And he says, you know, in terms of having kids, he really wants to work on being more financially stable, which is completely understandable because let's be real here. She wants to have, she's going to be in med school for 
the next, what, three years? And then, or not med school, but you know, how, how long does a residency last? Like a couple of years before you're really getting into things. So she's in her residency, not making nearly as much as she's going to. He's living basically on what he can get from doing odd jobs. I imagine a lot of his pedicab work was due to the fact that there is New Orleans is a huge tourism city. So if nobody's coming, that's a real big chunk out of his income, right? Um, yeah, I mean, completely fair. He says he's really worried about uh, the economy and how people are going to bounce back from that. I imagine that a lot of his other jobs are because people have money to be spending on house repairs, painting homes, what you know, whatever. Odd jobs are typically, you know, gig jobs because people require something. But if people don't know where their next check is coming from or how long they're going to have their job, that really fucks things up, you know? So I totally understand what he's saying. Uh, so then what else happens? Uh, they're talking about the move and Bennett says, you know, it's really just such a weird time and I've got my theater here and, you know, another thing, another thing that he needs to consider is like, people aren't going to be going to theaters like that anymore. You're not going to get a full house, hopefully for another two to three years. If you're very lucky, if we're all very lucky. So they sit down together and he says, you know, basically she's like, I understand where you're coming from in terms of having children and I'm willing, I want you to be really excited. I want to be like when I get pregnant to be like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for this baby to come out. Not like, oh my gosh, what are all the things that I wasn't able to do with my life? And she's like, I'm willing to wait for that to happen, but I do you know, want to have a kid. <laughs> and then he says, there's something I haven't told you, which is that I am thinking that I'm going to be splitting my time between New Orleans and Richmond to be with you. And she's like, oh, I wish you had told me that before. I talked to Dr. Pepper, like in a good way, like she's very relieved and really excited about the fact that he is willing to even give her that. And he says, you know, I'm really excited to make it home with her and great, 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 great. Let's move on. So I'm going to do another easy couple, which clearly is Imani and Woody before we get into the drama that happens between Miles and Karen and Henry and Christina. Oh, okay. This is the last fun time we're going to have. So enjoy this. Yeah. So Dr. Pepper talks to Imani and asked what she thought marriage would be like and Amani's like honestly I thought this was going to be a lot more awkward but because we have so many things in common we like to dance like the easy things we have in common have created an environment where we're able to talk to each other and be vulnerable with each other and it's great can't complain she tells Dr. Pepper that she told him that she loves him and Dr. Pepper's like, okay, well, where are you guys now? She's like, well, now that we're officially in love and that's been established, we're kind of working on how to remain in that love phase. Cool. Dr. Pepper asked what kind of fights they've had. And she said, you know how you just kind of have an inkling about things and so one day I asked him about his DMs and it kind of went from like me being and us being kind of jokey jokey to this sort of intense fight. And I feel like he kind of basically got really defensive and they were able to have to get over that and get through that and have this conversation to where he understood where she was coming from. And he backed down. Now this I think is interesting and I'm curious about 
that. Imani says that her only slight concern is that he really wants to have kids. Like, if he could have them today, he would. And I want to take my time with that. So then Woody talks to Pastor Cal. And let's just talk about what he's wearing, shall we? It is a silk, striped, man in a collar, v-neck, midnight blue, blouse. (laughs) it's I don't know if it doesn't fit him correctly or if the collar is supposed to be kind of like back past the neck it doesn't sit on his shoulders right I don't and I think he was wearing black leather pants I mean there was a lot going on too many descriptors to describe a top for me um it was a lot of luck, even the, though the colors were subtle. It was giving a lot. It was giving, like, 90s R&B music video. It was giving, like, um, TLC's creep video where they're in those pajamas. Like, he looked like left eye in the blue. It was a lot. It was a lot, but you know what? I, 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 I'm, I, I'm gonna give him a pass here. He says that he really has no reservations about their relationship or Imani, and he does bring up something concerning. So, when Imani says that when she talked to him about him getting cagey and defensive, he said he understood. And that they were able to resolve it. But then he tells Pastor Cal that he, he says basically that he has like a short fuse. And because of that, he tries to not even get into arguments. And that he'll just like maybe concede things or admit that he's at fault or something to not take it to the next level. Like, rather than fighting, I'm just going to, like, shut it down, even if I don't necessarily agree with what's being said. I'm just going to be like, yeah, you're right, I'm wrong. So they can't have the argument. And that sweeps things under the rug. So I'm wondering, like, did he really feel some type of way about this DM situation? And it kind of reminded me of when they had that conversation with Pastor Cal about her changing her hair and how he wouldn't like that. And then he was like very quick to be like, yeah, okay. I see what you mean. I wonder if he's really just sweeping things under the rug in order to keep the peace because he knows that if it continues, he's really going to go sideways and things are going to go left for them. And I think that's what's happening. And is that fine in those situations? I think so. But Pastor Cal is like, okay, what if bigger issues happen? Like, how are you going to deal with that? And he's like, yeah, I mean, admittedly, it could be a big problem when bigger issues arrive. So Woody and Imani talk together and he says something about how he wants to make sure that he's doing better and being the best in their relationship by listening all the time and not just hearing her, like actually taking in what she says. And he, <laughs> he says that he wants to have a Scorpio baby because I guess he is a Scorpio. And Amani's like, we can, I don't know why this is important to you, but we can have a Scorpio baby if you want to have a Scorpio puppy. How about that? <laughs> Woody has this very twisted logic of, well, why would we have a puppy? Because a puppy is just practice for a baby, so why don't we just have a baby? (laughs) What? (laughs) I don't, I don't get it. But you know what? I love Woody. So y'all figure that out on your own. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to Miles and Karen. All right, y'all. So 
Dr. Pepper asks Karen how the quarantine has been affecting her, and she says, you know, there have been good parts, and, like, trying to do sweet things, and we see a clip of Miles doing sweet things for Karen. Like, cooking and cleaning for her. He cleaned the bathtub so that she could take a bath that night. He's cleaning, making, cooking multiple meals for her. So that she comes home and she doesn't have, like, packed a lunch for her to go to work. Mm, Evidence not found on her doing anything for him. (laughs) So, she's going on and Dr. Pepper's like, well, you know, we see the footage, me and the other experts, and really kind of seems like it's a lot of miles trying to meet your needs. Not so much the other way. Then we get even more footage of, you know, you saying that he has these feminine traits and we get more flashbacks of her being turned off by his behavior. Why are you doing that? Ugh. Not, you know, ugh, my gosh. Then she says, Karen says, you know... I just really need to see more masculine traits out of him. And like, for example, he calls me sis and he is complimenting me on my looks and my nail polish. And, you know, my girlfriends call me sis. And I told him that, like, I don't really like that. And, you know, it's just not really for me. But it says she's willing to work to give him what he needs. And like... I would like to see it. (laughs) We would all like to see it. I don't think she has an idea of what it is he really is needing and wanting from her. I think she just thinks that, like, he just wants to be touched and have, like, I think she thinks that it's all physical stuff, and I don't think that's the case at all. So then she also was like, well, you know what, I told Miles to not be so nice to me that he ends up resenting me. And, you know, last night he told me that he felt like I wasn't even trying and that if today was decision day, he would say no because he doesn't feel like I'm putting in the effort. So here's my question. How is it that Miles is repeatedly saying the same things? How is that taken to her and interpreted in her mind as Miles being fake and resenting her. Like, if he's telling you, you're not giving me what I need, how is that then being distilled to her as he's not being honest with me and now he resents me? Like, no, he resents you because you're like a wall in terms of your emotions. And he feels like he's putting way more effort into this than you are. Him putting effort is not him being fake. That's Miles just being Miles. He resents you because there's no reciprocation. Not because of the effort that he's putting in. Am I wrong? Like, I don't understand how she's what the breakdown in communication is because it seems like Miles is being very clear about the fact that he does not feel wanted. So, what's tea? What's happening here? We then get even more footage of Miles filming while they're in lockdown and he, at one point, is like, oh, how are you feeling? You know, like, how are you feeling about being locked down? And she's like, well, I'm glad we have an extra room. (laughs) Thanks. We see her denying him kisses when she goes off to work, them sitting on the couch, and he's putting his arm on her leg, and then eventually he just moves it away, and she's faced in such a position where it's like, they're not even sitting side by side, like parallel to one another. She's moved, pivoted into a position that's like, I'm sitting as far away from you on the couch as possible, but also in a position that is most comfortable for me to sit on this couch, but also not face you. Like, 
nothing. She's giving him nothing to work at. So how do she then think that, like, he resents the being, like, I don't get it. I really don't get it. So then we get to Miles and Pastor Cal. And Miles, again, looks like a very broken man. Pastor Cal's like, is there any sex happening between you guys? No. Do you guys hold hands? No. Do you guys kiss? Uh, we have. We don't. Anymore. <laughs> and Miles says, honestly, I don't really think that she has a capacity to love me. And I'm concerned. And Pastor Cal's like, well, by you saying that you don't think she has a capacity to love you, it kind of, it, it really means that you, you don't think she has a capacity to love at all. And I'm like, no. <laughs> if we had the capacity to love whoever the fuck, then none of us would be single. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> she really might not just be, he really might not just be for her. And that's okay. It doesn't mean she can't love at all. It just means she's not into him. That's that's the point where I have to defend Karen. Is like, well, just because she does not fucking with him is like doesn't mean that she can't do it with anybody. I don't know. So then they have uh, we we see more footage of them from last night, the night where Miles tells her basically. I don't see what we're doing together. <laughs> and so Karen says, you know, like, I feel like I'm not just falling into your arms and you shut down. And Miles says, that's not fair. Like, I feel, I want to feel like I'm in a relationship. And right now I feel like, why am I even here? And so then Pastor Cal asks more about what happened the night before. And Miles says, she has an issue with me not being masculine. And frankly, it pisses me off. And I just don't think that she's ready to be with a progressive man like me. Normally, in pretty much any other situation and instance in which a man would say something like that, I'd be like, ew, gross. This is one thing where I'm like, mm, maybe. <laughs> you might be making a point here, Miles. I think, I mean, she said that she has, she prefers traditional gender roles, whatever that means in her head. I think that he does have more progressive roles. He's a lot more vulnerable than the average man. He's a lot more in tune with his needs and emotions. I think for a 26-year-old, he's doing a damn good job. But it's not to say that like wanting a traditional relationship is a bad thing, but I do think that he has moved past that. <laughs> I don't think what she wants and what he can provide are two very different things. If you want to call that progressive on Miles' end, I wouldn't disagree with you. I'll put it that way. So, Pastor Cal says, you know what, I believe Karen has a capacity to get out of her traditional mindset, and once she does that, the sky's the limit for you guys. So why don't you try to make this work? Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So then he asks, like, 
Miles, are you committed to seeing this through until decision day? And he's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm wondering, because they're not on a set filming this, and it's very clear that they're filming this the same day because they're all wearing the same clothes, same hairdo, yada, yada, yada. Where are, where's the other partner going when they're talking to the, when the one is talking to the expert? Like, are they leaving the room, the apartment? Do they have to put on headphones? Because if it were me, I'd be like, oh, um, I'm just gonna like go into the other room and like read a book and I'll put my headphones on and I won't listen, but my ear would be smushed to that door trying to hear what was said so hard that it would be like hurting from the position that I smushed it into. That that I have a question about. Like, can they hear what's being said? Or do they have to leave the apartment? So, then Karen Miles sit down. And Karen says, you know, I want to start off by saying that I told Dr. Pepper that you are a great guy. No doubt about that. But I feel like I was missing that raw, like, how does Miles really feel and... You know, I think we can work through that together. And he's nodding like, okay, so we're still at the same place. You still seem to think that I'm the one with the issue. <laughs> but I'm going to keep it cute, even though this is a bullshit. And so Miles is like, I don't really know what your capacity to give is. And then she goes back to his, like, desire for physical touch. She's like, you know, if you need me to, like, I don't understand if it's just, like, you want me to put my hand on your shoulder or we have to hold hands or I need to sit in your lap, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, (sighs) (laughs) on the inside. But on the outside, he's like, no, our best moments are when we're just laughing and having a good time, like, and we see them where they're just like joking and they're at the park and he's pushing her in the tire swing or they're at the gym and they're joking with each other. It's like, it's not like I need you to be on me like a koala. It's when we're having fun and you're being a normal human being who enjoys my presence. (laughs) Not somebody who says that they're grateful for the fact that there's another bedroom when I ask you how us being in quarantine is going. Duh. (laughs) She, we get like little flashes of her saying like, I want to be a different woman or I don't want to be stuck in, I feel like you're, have put me in this box of how I was behaving the first couple weeks and I really want to turn that around Yada, yada, yada. And then it's like, what happened? What happened to the Karen who wanted to show him that she was this human and not a robot? That's what I want to know. I have real, real questions. Y'all, let's end with Henry and Christina. Uh, <laughs> So... When Christina sits down with Dr. Pepper, she makes this face right off the bat, though. She's kind of, like, annoyed. The same face that we see when she's talking to production about how she doesn't want to continue to have this conversation. Already cranky. And stanky. Okay? Dr. Pepper asks about their challenges, and she says, you know, I'm constantly trying to figure out what's going on because he's always leaving and yeah during the day he goes back to his apartment to work and I get that but he goes to the grocery store like twice a day and I feel like he never thinks like he passes the flowers and doesn't think like oh maybe I should get some for her so she's being florally triggered once again there's another man who's not giving her flowers And then she's like, you know, he doesn't even get, like, the food I like. Like, basically, he's being inconsiderate and not really thinking about her. And she says, you know, there's room for both of us to work on stuff. But 
I need to know what he needs because I have, like, I'm basically in the dark. I have no idea. And then Christina says, like, the only thing that's keeping her going is the fact that when she is vulnerable and open with him, that he does seem like he cares. (sighs) But that's really it. So Dr. Pepper suggests, like, okay, next time you do want to have a talk with him and be open with him, why don't you take his hand, hold his hand? That way you have the connection of emotional vulnerability and the physical touch. Maybe that'll help make things a little bit better. So (laughs) another thing that she says that I think is very interesting is that I'm still invested in making this work with the person I'm married to. Not I'm invested in making this work with Henry that it's just sort of like I'm in the situation like she's talking almost like she doesn't even know who Henry is like talking to her family or the experts about like how do you feel about getting married at first sight the response you would have is like I'm really invested in making it work with whoever I'm partnered with not the guy that you've been living with for two months you know his name (laughs) It was it was just a weird thing for her to say. So then Henry talks to Pastor Cal and he says, you know what, our differences are pretty glaring and we kind of just sit there on the couch and it could take like an hour, hour and a half before we start talking to each other. And Cal's like, that's really concerning. And then he says, you know what, I've really noticed a pattern of dishonesty from Christina from the beginning and I've let it slide, but it's concerning first issue is the issue that everybody on the internet was talking about, which is her living situation. We see, we all remember when they first talked to each other, he asked her where in New Orleans she said, where she lived. She said the CBD, which is the central business district. I've never been to New Orleans, so I I had to do my Googles on what they were, because there were a couple conversations that they get into location-wise. It seems to me like the CBD is right next to the French Quarter. It's got a lot of shopping, a lot of, you know, bars and restaurants and stuff. It seems like the cool place to live, the cool neighborhood to live in, in New Orleans. So, Henry says something confusing. He said she did live there, but then right before the show started, she was living in an Airbnb. He's like... I just think it's a weird thing to lie about where you live. And then he brings up her going for that walk. And so initially when we heard him talk about this, he said she didn't come home till three o'clock. She left me on red when I text her asking her where she is. And then she came home at three. But then when he said he retells it, he says, She said she was going on a walk, but she had her makeup on. We see her. You can tell that she's in like a white dress. Like he's basically like she was dressed in no way like somebody who was going on a walk. Like clearly she was going out. And then she texted him at eleven forty five at night. And then he said, I was up until one and honestly I don't even know if she came home. But then earlier you said that she came home with three. How did you know that? You know, <laughs> that that was a little bit of a flub on the editor's part. So then he says, you know, like, I haven't really talked to her about this stuff because I'm not that open and I, you know, keep things pretty close to my chest and that's just who I am. And Cal stops him and he's like, no, you say that you're not really that open, but you're being very open with me right now. And I think you need to confront her about your concerns. So then Cal asks, like, do you think that you can have this conversation with her? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> and it's, just not, it's not even like, it's not the I don't know, like, I don't know if I can open up to her. It's the I don't know of, like, I don't know if I give a fuck. <laughs> like, it's not worth having this conversation. Not, I can do it. I just don't know that I want to. So then they sit down and Henry's like, listen, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off and say that I feel like you've been dishonest about your living situation. And she makes his face like, what are you talking about? I have no idea. And 
then he was like, well, you're being really, she says that he's being really confusing. And he's like, well, you said you lived in the CBD when we first met. She's like, I don't live there, but that's where I'm living currently. And he's like, no, no. (laughs) A number of people picked up on the fact that you said this. It's on camera. And everybody sees through you. And then he says, you know, I think you just tell me what you want, what you think I want to hear, which I guess I get. But like, I don't know. She's like, well, I think you do the same thing. And he's like, no, I'm honest. (laughs) She's like, snaps to you, young Henry. So then she says she told Dr. Pepper that she feels like Henry doesn't even want to know her. And he was like, well, what does she say? What is her response to that? She's like, well, you know, she gave me a good advice, but like, now I just want to shut down again. And like, I just don't know like what to make of you. And she starts crying and like, I'm I'm sorry, but I just feel like, you know, we speak two different languages and I, I just feel like Henry, you're so checked out and like, you don't even want me. And he's sitting there like, what? Okay, and then she's like, you know, I just feel like I can't do anything to change you. Henry, shockingly, is like, I think that we have a lot here. And there's still a lot for us to learn from each other. And Christina's like, well, I just feel like giving up. Like, I'm just like mentally exhausted. And she walks off. (laughs) Okay. Clearly, she's full of bullshit because you're talking to Dr. Pepper saying, like, I want to make this work and blah, blah, blah. And as soon as he catches you in a lie, it turns into, I don't want to make this work. I feel like you don't like me. Like, putting all of the onus on him over her living situation and getting caught in that. And, like, I get that you would be embarrassed, but, like, girl... (laughs) So then once all of the couples have this conversation, so we get like day 78 and a picture of the New Orleans sunset, day 79 and then a picture of the apartment that they all live in at night. (laughs) This is like, what? What happened? So we get this very end of the episode extra scene with henry filming and he says since we spoke to the experts christina really hasn't been at the apartment that much but she texted saying that she wanted to talk to me and so we started talking (laughs) and she kept implying that there's like a reason why things aren't working out between us so eventually she ended up telling her him that a guy texted him and i think it might be chris the guy that we've seen her friend, she said, well, a guy texted me and told me that you, that he was hooking up with you, meaning Henry was having a gay affair behind her back and that he's really gay. Henry asks, like, I'm going to need to see this text message. I want to see who it's from and I want to see what they said. So she said, He's like, then she was trying to like connect the dots about why I don't come home or why I'm at the grocery store and taking my time to get home. And he's like, yeah, we're in lockdown. I want to walk around because I can't do anything else. And also like, what am I coming home to? You? (laughs) So He didn't say that, but he basically did. And he's like, honestly... I wouldn't handle, if I were gay, my way of being gay wouldn't be me getting married to a woman on national TV. That's just not how I would do it. So, I really want to see these text messages. I want to see what she says. Ooh, Lord, Lord, Lord. I am, I cannot wait. Next episode, we have them going on their cast couples trip. I don't think we saw Brett and Olivia there at all. It looks like they all have like little cabins out in the woods, like 
big enough for the couples and then they hang out with each other on the campsite. So I'm very excited to see this. I know one of the best things about Married at First Sight is when the couples all get together and then whoever's like the most insecure couple realizes how far behind they are the couples that get together get along with each other and then just like terror and chaos reigns supreme and that appears to see what's going to be happening with henry and christina christina especially so cannot wait to see that all right y'all thank you guys so much for listening thank me for speaking i'll be back next friday with another episode y'all have a great day